0: Welcome to Back to the Future, the official podcast of the Future's Collegiate Baseball League, presented by Up. I'm Owen Shadrick, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Johnny Maffey. Johnny, we had an incredible episode today with former Major Leaguer Carlos Pena. He had so many great things to say about the league and about his personal life. It's awesome, and, and we're excited for you guys to hear this.
1: Yeah, who better to have on Home Run Derby day, if you're listening to this on release day, July 12th, than Mr. Placata himself, Carlos Pena. It was so fun. We had a great long interview with him. This is a must listen, as they all are. And uh, we thank you guys for for listening and tuning in.
0: And again, on release day, July 12th, it is the Home Run Derby day for the All-Star Game, July 13th. Tuesday night will be the All-Star Game itself. And congratulations again to all of our All-Stars. But yes, this interview, Carlos Pena talks about scout day. He talks about mentalities that these guys should have going into the all-star game. It was really cool to get his perspective.
1: Absolutely. So you heard from our preview show on YouTube on the socials that there's a beer fest tonight. It's $25 tickets. We had a GM Brett DeRosa on of the new Britain bees. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be like we said, the best Monday night of the year tomorrow. We have the scout day. Like you said, Owen, Carlos Pena talked a lot about, you know, taking advantage of opportunities, staying focused, staying in the moment, but also having fun. So he has some great advice. So if you're a player listening to this, listen to his advice. If you're a fan or just a parent, he he was a great interview. He has a lot of wisdom that he instilled on us and on the league. And um, he, had, he had a lot of great things to say. And tonight for the Derby and tomorrow night, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great for the kids, for the parents, for the adults, all the fans attending The festivities tonight, I can't wait to be there.
0: Yeah, players are going to have fun. Fans are going to have fun. We're going to have fun. And we all had fun doing this interview with Pena, so we're going to get you there. So without further ado, we present our interview with Carlos Pena. Let's roll. We are honored to be joined by our next guest, who is a former major leaguer. He won a silver slugger in 2007, a gold glove in 2008, and has been part of many successful major league teams, including the 2008 American League champion Tampa Bay Rays, It's Carlos Pena. Carlos, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to Back to the Futures. How are you?
2: Doing well, guys. Really, uh, I was looking forward to this uh, interview and uh, to talk to you guys. So thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, we've been looking forward to this too. And to get started right away, the MLB All-Star Game is obviously coming up this week. On release day, it'll be the Home Run Derby. And it's the same with the Futures League. We have our Home Run Derby on Monday, July 12th, and our All-Star Game July 13th. What is your advice for the players that were selected for the futures league all-star game and how should they take advantage of it
2: you know this is a funny story i i was um i played in the cape cod league in 1997 and uh, when i was in the cape i remember going to the all-star game uh, in the summer and and there i am working you know working out kind of just going through the motions uh, not in a bad way just my routine and uh, i remember my buddy Uh, Kevin Hodge, uh, shortstop, he came up to me and said, hey, man, this is, this is a showcase. So try to hit as many home runs as you possibly can in batting practice, and let alone being in the home run derby. We didn't have home run derby in in the Cape Cod League at that time. So what do I say? Go have fun and showcase your talent. Um, You know, let it, let it express itself. Um, You know, um, this is uh, most definitely uh, an opportunity, Um, but, uh, you know, do not take it lightly. Um, so uh, my advice would be to the guys to go out there truly truly have a lot of fun and enjoy it but do not forget that there are a lot of scouts watching in in the stands Um, not to turn this into forgetting that the game is just fun but at the same time I think we have to have the vision to to understand that there is a lot of eyes watching in the in the stands and that you just have to you know put on your show Um, and, and so I did and later on um, one one scout came up to me and said, "Hey, you know, w- we drafted you because of what we saw in home run derby." <laughs> and I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> or or batting practice, you know. So don't take it for granted. You know, understand the opportunity that 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 you have, and
1: uh, and and show what you can do. One thing you forgot to mention was you were also the MVP of that Cape league in 1997. Don't worry. We'll give you the credit there as it's very deserving, you know, the best league in the, in the country there. So how did you go into that summer overall coming from Northeastern, you know, it's not too far down the, down the street in the, in the Cape Cod league, how'd you handle that summer? And what's your advice to kids that are at the halfway point now and getting settled in and have, you know, around 30 games left? Yeah, this is, this is
2: excellent. You know, we, we're going to keep on, on I'm going to keep on going back to, to the fact that this is a great opportunity before I got to the Cape Cod league, I tried my hardest to get in and I couldn't, um, it's, it's very difficult and, and, and it, this goes for all summer leagues, you know, the fact that you're actually playing in a woodback wood, bat, woodback wood summer league, getting an opportunity, um, for me, it was it was serious business. So even though I was having a lot of fun, I also understood that hey, this is this is a great chance for me to you know show what I got, you know, show my talent, to, to show scouts that I that I can play this game beyond um, the the level that I'm at right now. So I I knew to be disciplined. For example, you know, uh, and this is the, the goes back to the advice I'm giving the young the, the young players is like, Hey guys, you know, if you're playing in this league it's because you're extremely talented and you could actually go further, you know, for the most, for most of these guys, you know, that, that they're playing in the summer leagues. I assume that the reason why you were there is because you wanted to extend your career past college, past, um, you know, college baseball. So, just not taking things for granted is it, it was absolutely key for me. It took a lot of effort uh, on my part um, to to get to that league. And then at the end of the day, I didn't. And then there was a pretty much what I viewed just a miracle of God for, for an opportunity to open. And then I got a chance. I, I had pretty good grades and the first baseman for the Warham Gateman did not make the grades and he wasn't eligible to play in the summer so a week before the season started um john wilde wareham gatesman um he was the gm he comes up comes up to me and says hey our first baseman did not make the grades would you like to play i'm like are you serious i've been trying all summer you know i've been trying last summer the winter to to get into the league and call you guys and and write letters and no one you know really gave me an opportunity and there it was um so do not take it for granted this is such a, a privilege to be able to play in this uh, high level um summer league where you can showcase your talent and, tr- and play amazing competition um from from all over the place so uh, i would say uh, make the best of it and uh, and understand that you're very privileged to be there
0: yeah, and it's an honor watching these kids continue to develop their game and the ones we've talked to on the podcast have made that very clear as well. And before we kick off our All-Star festivities on Tuesday, the league will host a scout day where players get the chance to show off their skills in front of major league scouts. How important do you think that exposure is for these kids to get in front of the scouts and what do you think of the league putting something on like that?
2: That is awesome. I mean, the, 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 for you know, I I really really like the fact that the league is making the, the, you know their best effort to try to showcase their players' talents um, because the league understands what uh, they're able to do, which is, hey, here's an opportunity for, for us to show um, Major League Baseball scouts um, what our kids have. Um, so it, it's very intentional. That's what I'm trying to say. And I think if you're part of that league as a player and you have that same vision and the same desire, um, that I had, you know, when I was playing, then you would do everything you can to take advantage of every single opportunity. You know, having said that, we know, I'll, I'll tell you this, um, having said that, I, I knew that in order for me to truly go out there and and give it my best, I had to be having fun, I had to be relaxed. But there is this level of relaxed focus <laughs> that, that you have to to achieve, where you know that this is important, but at the same time, my talent will not be able to express itself unless I am relaxed and enjoying myself, right? So there is a huge uh, balancing act that that that, that as, a, as a, an athlete, we must do. Um, and when I was playing the summer leagues uh, in the Cape Cod, we didn't have so many opportunities, uh, you know, besides just playing every day. What the league is doing and being even more intentional about going out there and displaying their kids' talent, you know, this young kid's talent. I love it. I love that. Everything that we can do to make sure that these um, young players who are aspiring to become uh, professional uh, ball players, whatever we can do to make sure that we give them every single opportunity possible, um, I-, I love the idea.
1: Yeah, that relaxed, focused and having fun is something we saw in your playing days and obviously now on MLB Network. So a question a little bit off topic, but related. The MLB is a combine now. Um, I was wondering what your thoughts on that were, because is it needed with all the info leagues like this provide and showcases provide? Uh, Like, for example, our partner MPI has a a, a portable trackman. And that's obviously there's so much extremely credible information out there and, and credible technology out there. So um, that the MLB gets stuff from, so do they need a combine? <laughs> this is absolutely crazy with the, the level that we've gone to.
2: Um, they certainly did not need a combine, but there's just going to the same point we we're talking about um, just a minute earlier. I'm up for any opportunity that a kid could get to show their talent. Um, because I remember struggling to get seen. I remember you know i didn't get drafted out of high school and uh, if you didn't have i mean it, it cannot be that the only way that you can get seen is if you go to these really expensive showcases i mean it is already when you're in high school um where, where kids need to go to these showcases to get seen by college scouts and obviously yes professional scouts and they are so expensive but what happens if 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 your family doesn't have enough resources you know it, it almost seems on well it is unfair uh in a sense because it's big business um for, for these uh, showcases uh, um, out there so i don't i don't like that idea of leaving someone out just because their families are not able to pay the fee so i'm up for anything that shows talent i mean uh what the you know what the futures league um if, if, you know and, and all other leagues um In the country summer leagues in the country are doing this is this is so important. Um, uh, But i'm all for whatever major league baseball has to do to make sure that they get every single young player out there an opportunity to be seen and to be known Um, i'm okay
0: with that. And a lot of those young players will be on display this weekend on Sunday when the MLB draft begins players dreams come true and they will be drafted by major league teams. What is your advice to these prospects who are getting drafted, especially those who who may have to wait till the second, third, or beyond days?
2: You have a dream and you have a goal, and 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 I would say, you know, when you have, you have a dream, yes, and then it becomes a goal when you actually like write it down and and, and you are intentional about what you're chasing, um, and you start preparing for that uh, dream to come true becomes a a goal, and and that's precisely what you do when you play in a, in a league like the Futures League. You you understand where you're what you're trying to accomplish all right so now when the draft comes the the work is done up until that point all you're looking for is that opportunity that window to open and yes let's say it gets down to uh you know first few rounds go by and you're still waiting for your name to be called the later they call your name the more interesting your story becomes and uh and that's the way you have to view it i mean uh uh, people used to get, um, you know, her stories of like, oh, I got drafted in the fourth round, or I got drafted in the fifth, in the 10th, and the 15th, and, uh, and almost as if it were negative, because it, it got high, it got uh, lower and lower the draft, right, later and later. But I just think that makes um, the, the story even more interesting. So if anything, uh, when you're sitting around waiting... And your name hasn't been called yet, and then eventually it gets called, and you say, "Wow, okay, that's the the fifteenth round. Oh, that's a low round." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? You just got drafted by a major league baseball team, and you're gonna get an opportunity." I remember dreaming, all right, when I was a young kid. I just want to sign. I just want to sign out of high school. I didn't even get drafted. You know, I remember calling a scout, asking a scout to please give me an opportunity to play professional baseball, that I would even pay my ticket. You know they wouldn't have to pay my plane ticket. Just let me sign and put me on a team. And uh Paul Beretta from the Mets, he said, "You need to go to college." I'm like, "Yeah, you're right. I understand the value of of um, education, but I also want to be a major league baseball player." And he's like, "Yes, but you just go to college. You're gonna you're gonna continue to play." Um, So I continued my education. I was studying engineering, and I was able to play baseball and and I got drafted. So. You know just because um it's not maybe the round you would uh, you would like I, I dreamt about an opportunity that's it so um, i would say sit still wait for that chance to open if if any crack opens if you get an opportunity to put on a professional baseball uniform that means that there is a chance that you will make it to the major leagues and you just got it so now it's time to make that story uh, happen so understand that the later you get drafted, the more interesting your story is. And that's the way I viewed it.
0: Yeah, 100%. And that's a perfect segue to our next question, which is asking you to take us through your draft process, you were drafted 10th overall by the Rangers in 1998. What was that experience like whether it was the week leading up to your selection or the nerves you were feeling during that, you know, during that day and that week, how did you stay calm throughout the whole process? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, that was that was uh, that was so exciting. You know, the, the, the whole entire the whole entire process was a very uh, exciting and enjoyable and, and uh, at times amusing process because you see how your name is being tossed around. And after having the summer that I had in the league uh, in the Cape Cod League, which was monumental, it was awesome. It was best baseball summer of my life, you know, including all the major league summers that I had. Um, you know, from which I'm I'm very grateful for, but it it was one of those things where you heard so much, so much chatter, um, out there about, okay. Yeah. Carlos, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm now a prospect. What, you know, teams are talking about me. I'm like, I never really experienced this. I wasn't even in the map before I played in the summer league. That's why I wanted, I wanted the young guys to understand that playing in the futures league is a huge opportunity. This is no joke. This is a life-changing opportunity. So, you know, that's why I say take advantage of it. Make sure you're pressing. Make sure you're intentional about your preparation. Make sure you under- have fun, but make sure you understand that you are there to accomplish something, to express your talent so that everybody can see it. But anyways, uh, you know, it was such a, a, a fun process, getting calls. You know, you, you, the scouts call you. There's, you're also going to hear agents calling you, which, which is uh, interesting as well. Um, and yes, I was, I was slotted or, or touted as a very high prospect because of what I did in the Cape league, which was totally new to me. So this is what I did. I, I took it in stride. I I didn't uh, let it, um, get, I didn't take it too seriously in a sense. So if, if anything, you, you cannot sit back and say okay i think now i've caught their eye no that's where your work begins <laughs> you know now that you hear that you are in the radar and that, that that there are some some teams that are um interested in you or the major league baseball is interested in you and that you're going to be a, a a draft pick most most likely there's someone's going to draft you, you don't know when you're going to go you just have to stay focused i mean they were talking about me oh this you know you know is he going to go you know first round sure you know wow this is one of the best prospects in baseball right now and i'm like what i wasn't even mentioned a few years ago so to me it was almost amusing i kind of laughed it off and i'm like man buddy you need to wake up this morning at 5 a.m and go work out because you haven't done a thing yet all this stuff is talk and i had to almost just make sure i kept myself on at that level never being satisfied so forget about you know have fun this summer go ahead and crush the futures league have fun you know, showcase your talent. But as soon as you go back to your school, you're back to your routine. You don't let up at all. Um, you keep on working hard, and you don't let all that chatter distract you. If, if, if it distracts you, I'd rather you shut it off. Um, it shouldn't, though. You should be able to enjoy it, you know, have fun with it, and then be on your, you know, all about your work, you know, taking your batting practice, you know, running your laps, running your sprints, lifting weights, you um, for that that's that's what I I almost had to downplay it um uh, so that I made sure that I, I stayed focused. And then during the season, guys, um you, you hear all the chatter. I'm like, okay, I wasn't getting pitched to. Uh I remember I walked a lot. I used to get walked a lot. And uh and I was to get frustrated. I'm like, I need to put up the numbers. I need to, I need to, I need to. I'm like, okay, remember that relaxed focus? You have to keep it. So hey, if they're walking you, go to first. You don't have to live up to what you did in the summer. It's impossible just play your game. So it's that balancing act that I was talking about. It's like yeah, you want to be intentional about it. you want to have fun with it. but don't don't let it bring you down. Don't let it stress you out. Um, it's, it's a it's very it's easier said than done, but yes, make sure you maintain the perspective. Where were you a few years ago? and look at your chances now. So we've made a lot of you know made up a lot of ground. Okay, let's stay focused all the way through the finish line. You have to sprint through it. As a matter of fact, when you get drafted, it's not even the end of it. Like you didn't reach any, you know, you, you reached a checkpoint. You, you reached a checkpoint, but you have to sprint through the through the finish line and a new chapter begins. That's what happens when you get
1: drafted. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely a new new exciting page in all of their books. So you talked about, you know, staying focused and never stepping off the gas, which you alluded to last summer a lot of kids did not step off the gas certainly for the in the futures league and we're going to see some of the results of the opportunities the futures league gave them this upcoming week how important is it that they got to experience the ups and downs of a competitive summer whether that's on the field or off the field taking you know a long bus ride dealing with you know a, a pandemic or uh, anything else that goes through summer of a college baseball player that gets them ready for you know, those minor leagues and those processes that you had to go through before, before you got called up to Arlington.
2: Yeah, it's, it's amazing because uh, all, all experience know, any type of experience, especially when it's uh, edifying and difficult. Well, I'll say this when it's difficult, usually if you, if you put your two feet on the ground and, and you're, you're very grounded and you go through a difficulty and adversity the way that we all have in the world uh, over the last few years and, um, Well, last two years now, a year and a half or so. Hey, it's it's so important to make sure that we don't waste the opportunity to grow. So going through the difficulties that that uh, most of us went through, uh, or let's just a single, you know, uh, let's focus on on a young player who who was supposed to play in the summer league last year and because of the situation, couldn't do exactly what you wanted to do or you couldn't work out the same way and you had to figure out creative ways um, to stay ready. I mean, all that stuff is seasoning. It prepares us, it's, it edifies us if we allow it, uh, if we position ourselves to to be be able to grow. So um, it is certainly one of those things that will prepare you later mentally. You know, mental toughness is, one of the most important things in this game um but forget about this game let's talk about life having that mental toughness is so crucial so again this goes to your mindset every difficulty you go through you know like i told you earlier if the rounds are getting later hey man the book is becoming more interesting oh the difficulties are getting even more challenging this just makes my story more interesting. It's perspective, it's the way you, if your attitude. Um, so, uh, and I also know that yes, indeed it is so. We get stronger, we get uh, um, prepared, you know, because of the difficulty, it, it helps us grow. So um, yes, all this stuff, take it a stride, you know, take it stride and make sure that you don't waste the struggle. <laughs> you know, the, the tragic thing is going through a difficult time And then at the end of the tragic uh, uh, time or the difficulty that you go through, that at the end of that time, you haven't changed. You haven't grown. That's tragic. That's tragic. Not growing is tragic. But if we can go through difficulty and actually get some edification out of it, some growth out of it, now we're talking. Now that struggle was not wasted. So take it in stride. uh, Have the right perspective because when you get drafted, It's just the beginning of a new chapter, you know, and new challenges will come your way. So um, take it all, uh, you know, with a positive outlook and, uh, and, and make sure that you always position yourself to get edified by whatever difficulty you face.
0: Yeah, that's a great mentality to have and one that you hope guys in our league have for sure going forward. And all of our listeners know that we have the wonderful home run derby to win it what does the Carlos Pena take on the home run derby to win it after the 10th inning?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> that, that is also pretty cool. Um, you know, we, we've, we've it around even in the, uh, when we are in the MLB network. We're like, all right, let's, let's see what, it, could this be the, the kind of like the, the soccer, the baseball equivalent of, of penalty shots, you know? And I'm like, no, that, that that's, it would sound pretty cool and we were debating whether or not it it would be uh, adopted in major league baseball. So, so yeah, that's something that I'm extremely um, interested in. Uh, I would have to most definitely hear about the way it has played out in the league during the summer, because I want to know, has it been exciting for the guys has it been exciting for the fans? Uh, So, I, you guys need to uh, to write a report on that for me. So that way I can present it at the Major League uh, MLB Network. And, and perhaps Major League Baseball would be uh, willing to to hear uh, that idea and maybe can even consider it.
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely. We'll get your report ASAP. Um, you know, it's funny. In the eighth inning, if a game gets tied up, it's on everybody's mind. And some of the players want it to happen and want the game to stay tied. And then, you know, if someone gets a chance in like the 10th inning, they want to obviously win it there. But, um, but it's so funny because, you know, say someone ties it up late, everyone's mind just goes right to it.
2: <laughs> I I love it. I love it. It, it. It's just right. It's right up my alley. And I'm, of course, really biased because I'm all about, you know, placatas, You know, I, I love, Absolutely. I love hitting home runs. Um, and it was something that I, ever since I was a kid, whether I was strong enough yet to hit one or not, that's. I don't know, every kid wants to hit a home run. You know what I mean? It's just, it's fun. So um, if if uh, I, I can be an analyst, yeah, I play in the major leagues. I'm an analyst now, but at the end of the day, I'm a fan, I'm a baseball fan, you know? So whenever you talk about hitting home runs, I'm like, wait a second, that's what I dreamt of doing when I was a kid. Um, so uh, anything that has to do with placatas, I'm okay with, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, so yes, I would be like, yeah, come on, stay tight, and then just give me a chance to
1: win this later uh uh, going deep absolutely so placata please please correct me if i pronounced it wrong is a term uh some people might know you better than maybe your own name uh especially the big mlb network fans it started with your brothers and and you uh making solid contact barreling up baseballs and like you said they uh the attention is to to hit it out of the park can you explain that to the rest of our fans uh what placata is (laughs) Yeah, man. That's, that's awesome. Uh, uh, we, when we
2: were younger, you know, my brothers and I would, would, would play a lot of, you know, baseball in the backyard, you know, whether it is like hitting whiff balls into the house, uh, we would find a little corner and we would make it into a baseball field. You know, the, 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 left field stands would be like a tree or, you know, we would always like visualize stadiums and uh, uh, wherever we went, you know, and, and we would make up, Oh, the, the the second deck of the stadium is this porch right here. The home run wall is this like, you know, sign on the ground. Whatever it would be, wherever we were at, we would just make it all about hitting home runs. Now, whenever we did, for some reason, the sound that, you know, isn't is it's, it's just an expression that it, that that talks about a sound, which is crushing a baseball. And I'm like, I don't even know. It doesn't even sound that way, but. For, for us we're like I don't know man yeah you know you sit there and then you see the ball and then you make you know contact and what came out was like black at that you know you go like you know you just black at that you just hit it you know like back at that and we kept on doing that and it stuck I'm like oh my god you know yeah you know we talk about baseball hitting even as growing up and we kept on getting older we're like yeah you swing the bat you know you want to make sure your hands are here and then you extend and back at that and you just follow through. And it became so like natural to talk about hard contact as placata. And obviously, ideally, the ultimate uh result would be a home run. So when I got to the network and someone, you know, hit the ball naturally, you know, hit a home run and it looks so cool on TV. And you know how awesome, you know, Major League Baseball, you know, displays it, we have all these angles, and naturally it slipped up. I said, you know, and the guys go, what'd you say? I'm like, Oh man, that's uh, that's something I said when I was a kid. I'm like, Oh, cool. Yeah. And we kept on talking about it the whole entire night. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to keep on saying this. It's all good. I just kept on saying it. I'm like, Hey man, just be yourself. My teammates were saying, be yourself, say whatever you want to say. I'm like, all right. Then it it, it stuck. You know, after that, I just kept on saying it and it, it felt extremely natural to me. Um, I'm just happy that, that, uh, it has become what it has become, which is everyone has related that and, 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 and to, to achieving something to crushing the baseball or to, you know, if we extend it to, uh, you know, if you have a test and you get a hundred on it, Hey, you want placata on, it, you know, it's almost like part of the lingo when I'm talking to my, my brothers or to my friends, I'm, Hey man, you know, that's what you do it, black You know what I mean? um just you finish your workout you went black at that so it has become more than just hitting home run it's, it's a it's a sound of achievement it's a sound of conquering something um so uh, I appreciate you having fun with it as well so uh I love it when I hear guys like you know I, I visit ballparks all the time uh throughout the major leagues you just just uh with the MLB network and I hear guys in the cage you know in batting practice and they will hit the ball and they'll be like ah black at that because they have fun with it. it that, that's all you have to say, and everyone understands what's going on. And I love that. I
1: absolutely love it. Yeah, I, well, we obviously love it too. It's uh, it's funny. Like you, you talked a lot about and uh, in the the you know serious answers about scouts about everything that fun and focus mentality. And it's really like it's fun hitting dingers, and you need to be focused, barreling up balls. And now whenever like Vlad Guerrero Jr. hits a dinger. I feel like the Blue Jays get plackets are trending, so it's really your brand, and we want to know when's plackets a rate going to be an official stat.
2: Ah, uh, that's <laughs> I see you working, uh, awesome. No, I, you, you know now that you mentioned that, remember about being intentional about things. You know, um, I think uh, because of the opportunity has uh, come up, uh, I think there is a, a chance here. I, I don't know about making it a stat, but I think it's something that uh, you know, kids and. um, and, and, you know, young players uh, throughout the world, you know, if if, if you can think of placata, not just as making, you know, hard contact, but also, you know, achieving something in life, you know what I mean? Um, you know, and it al- almost becomes a a, a a lifestyle, a way of being, you know, hey, man, let's just go conquer, you know, um, you know, we as a matter of fact, I even trademarked, I had to trademark that. It's funny you say that because the Blue Jays use it and I'm like, okay. Uh, and people are like, you need to trademark that. I'm like, all right, fine. I'll do it. You know, and and, and uh, this is something I just said when I was a kid. Who cares? I'm like, no, no, you need to do this. Seriously. You got to cash so in I, on it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I did it. I, I, I had to trademark it. We have a trademark on it. But the idea is this, man. If I could get all the young kids thinking about going Placata and everything they do. And as a matter of fact, the slogan for the Placata brand um, that I'm talking about is crush the now. Um, And you can find that on my Instagram, guys. If you go to Peña 23 as a matter of fact, they just put up a filter uh, of placata, which is pretty cool. But the idea is this, we want to get, personally, I have a a vested interest in making sure that I I transmit to the young people um, that mentality of, hey, we need to crush the now, kind of like seize the opportunity, do everything you can to give yourself the best chance possible at reaching your dreams. And that becomes with, you know, we could, we could go placata making our bed, you know, immediately in the morning, you know, we could go placata uh, with, with the way we do in school. We go placata every single day. We got opportunities to go placata every single day. And if we are able to do it uh, on the small scale, then on the large scale, it's almost like, uh, inevitable, you know, it's it's going to happen. So, um, I appreciate your interest in that, but there is some sort of uh, mentality that comes with that. And if I want to be associated with, uh, if Blackout is going to be associated with, you know, conquering the moment and, and and taking advantage of opportunity and and it helps a young player kind of focus and dial in and, and the way they go about their business and the way they go about their lives and how vested, invested they are in it, I'm all for it, bro. I think it's it's awesome. So, uh, let's go placata and everything we do like right now we're going placata on this uh, podcast. (laughs) You guys are going placata on it. You guys are good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. We want to, we want to keep the placata mentality when, when on this podcast for sure,
1: of course, hold on. We'll be right back to Carlos Pena. We want to share a message from our friends at 78 sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited especially here in New England, not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small, with just a tee and hitting net, or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. The team at 78 Sports has designed and installed hundreds of home and commercial sports training facilities. So let them help you plan the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 sports website at 78 sports.com. That's S E V E N T Y number eight sports.com for a limited time. Just by mentioning back to the futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S E V E N T Y number eight sports.com. Now back to Carlos Pena. And we
0: talk about your swing in terms of making hard contact. But what about your follow through? It's one of the best ever. It seemed to get bigger throughout your career, but you always had it from your first major league home run in Arlington to your last, which was also in Arlington. Did you try and reel it in at any point? How does it become so How did it stay so majestic throughout your career?
2: <laughs> I have no idea uh, how I came, you know, how I came to it um, because I remember my focus being, okay, here's the barrel of the bat. And, and, and it felt like I had a hammer in my hands. It, this is the the best way to explain it. Um, and even when I talk to my sons, so I'm like, Hey guys, look, you have a hammer, there's a nail, right? What do you do? You throw this heavy part of the hammer right on top of the nail. Now imagine that the bat is a hammer and that the baseball is that nail that you want to just crush. You want to go placata on it. And, um, after that happened so after i dropped the hammer on the baseball then i didn't think about anything else you know kind of like it's over like it's it's done um but we all know that this one is not over the follow-through is important uh but for me growing up it kind of all i cared about was just taking the barrel uh, uh to the baseball and then after that it happened naturally it just kind of like because of the momentum that I had created and the force that I had created to the baseball, then through the baseball was uh, a natural occurrence, almost like a, a, a something that you cannot stop the the consequence of so much force going to the baseball. So I would love to tell you that it was an intentional thing, my follow through, <laughs> but it wasn't. It actually, ended up happening very naturally, and and as long as I was. You know hammering the baseball instead of to it but through it um then i i would not think too much about my follow-through and look what ended up happening you know i had this very um very uh i would say different uh, type of finish but i appreciate you saying majestic i like that word <laughs>
1: Oh, certainly. It's a it's a second to none follow through. And uh, while we're on the topic of your swing, you know your MLB breakdowns are second to none. I love whenever you or your colleagues grab a bat glove. I'm a pitcher, and I and I watch whenever it's you or Sean Casey or or whoever is on the tee or or working uh, in studio forty two. Um, you talk a lot about launch angle and much in the path of the ball and how some guys do that incorrectly and some guys um, you know are too much uppercut. Can you go take us a little bit behind the scenes of those breakdowns and uh, and how you teach, you know, so many kids still what's uh, how you think the best way to play baseball is?
2: Yes, I, I think that uh, when I do get an opportunity to do a breakdown, I, I understand that there's a chance to either correct maybe some uh, misconceptions out there. And I try to look for things that maybe uh, our young kids may be misinterpreting or thinking it's one way but it's actually another way because then if i can if i'm able to you know besides just teaching to the younger crowd obviously even the, the regular fan you know the the grandma at home that is watching or you know i, I make sure that, to understand that hey i'm not just talking to major leaguers here i may be talking to grandma so i, I want to make sure that i break it down so that grandma can go black at that too you know what i mean <laughs> so so i have to break it down but I like I, this is one thing I do not do, guys. I, I don't go out there if I have an opportunity to do a breakdown, I never try to just I don't mail it in. <laughs> you know I want to make sure I give you some really good substance. and uh, I also know that hey, even I, I can teach from the struggles I had. So if, if I had a tough time hitting a slider, you know, I can talk about hitting a slider because I know I know how not to do it. You know, and then through my studies, let's say, you know, this is an example, I actually hit sliders pretty well uh, or well enough. I'm just saying if there's something that I couldn't do, I'm not afraid to say, hey, let me let me look at this. Why did I have trouble with this up and in fastball? And OK, OK, this is why. OK, so how do I how could I uh, uh, teach a young player to avoid those troubles so they wouldn't have to waste so much time making the adjustment? So that's the kind of mentality I have. Um, all, anywhere from a little leaguer all the way to grandma, uh, 90-year-old grandma watching baseball. I want to make sure they all understand it through the major leaguers who are watching as well. So I, I take a lot of pride in those breakdowns. And yeah, I would say that a lot of things, especially with so much technology now, it could be very easy to start chasing the the angle, the technology, the number, the bat speed, you know, uh, uh, MV, you know MPH, um, uh, exit velocities. and And I'm like, okay all that stuff is a byproduct so if i want to you know for example let's take exit velocity if i want to hit the ball hard then it, it has to come all the way back to timing we got to go talk to the root of of the situation instead of talking about all these other consequences or if there's problems or problems symptoms uh, so i want to make sure that i always go to the root of the issue and usually in hitting. And in pitching, you know, you talked, you mentioned you were a pitcher. You know, timing is important. If I don't let you complete your entire delivery as a pitcher, you're not going to throw as hard. If somehow I, I interrupt your your delivery, you're not going to to throw that hard. Now, if I let you complete your delivery with the nice timing and movement, and smooth uh, moves uh, that you want to do in your delivery, then you max out on speed. Imagine hitting if I'm not able to get my swing in sync and I have enough timing and somewhere in there, I have to break down the flow, then my, my power output is not going to be the same. So how do I maximize that? Being on time. So what's the biggest, simplest thing I could tell a hitter, be on time, be on time, give yourself enough time to get your best swing in. You're like, wow, that's simple. So, well, that's the route. After that, we can talk about everything else, but let's, let's be on time. So, if I never seen you hit and I went out to a game, I would tell the hitter, let's be on time today. Let's make sure you give yourself enough time because usually we gauge speeds you know, slower than they truly are. So you, we usually are on the late side, not on the early side. So I usually say, hey, be on time. So the biggest piece of advice I could say to a hitter today, even without seeing him, it's saying, Let's be on time. You wanted the simplest uh, baseball uh, hitting advice: be on time.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. It's a great approach to have, and it, it really does start with that. So, you know, you you like to say that you uh, you want to relate to the ninety year old grandma, but you also relate to everyone else, and that's kind of what you're doing here with the new baseball Hall of Fame series, Hall of Fame Connections. How cool is it teaching our sport in a uh, the history of our sport in such a unique way? man th- th- that
2: was such an amazing project you know and uh it's just the history of the game you know I, I think we all should live and this is not just in baseball we all should live in life right with respect to those who came before us right those who paved the way you know like, what do you mean paved the way for what i'm like think about it like even even your parents you know the, the reason why you are where you're at today and if not your parents you know go back to your grandparents i'm like Wait a second. My grandparents lived in Dominican Republic. They were farmers and and then they came down to the city. So my parents could study and then my parents studied and then they decided to go to the United States with us. You know, like you can see like a chain of events of people before you who paved the way so that today, you know, for example, for me, my kids live in Windermere, Florida. You know and and they go to school here and i tell my son i'm like son you know you really go to a very nice school and uh but do you understand that this all started with your grandfather who was a farmer in the mountains in dr and he made sacrifices so that today you're here so imagine if we we approached life like that we respecting our past right how, how things would be maybe better right if all of us if every single human being lived uh, uh, that way with respect, with everything that has been done before us so that we can uh, enjoy the privileges that we do have today or opportunities that we do have today. Uh, It it would be amazing. So doing this um, show of of, uh, Hall of Fame connections, it kind of reminded me of that. Like, I love to go back and see the the history of the game and and kind of just exploring how the game was played. You know, this all these cool artifacts and it's a, you know, it's almost with, with a, a, a certain amount of awe and reverence that 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 you look at the history of baseball. And I think then, when you put on a uniform, then you play the way I told you earlier, where where you don't take anything for granted, and you know that it doesn't last forever. You know, so every single moment, every single breath that you can take between the lines is valuable. It's got to be cherished, and 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 you have to be grateful for it. Um, whether it's a sandlot or whether it's in the Major League, certainly. Um, it's about being grateful for, you know, to those who came before us and everything they've done so that we can enjoy today or enjoy the privileges that we have today. So that to me, that project, the, the Hall of Fame Connections, it is so. it was so much fun. If you get to watch it, I, I think you really would, uh, would enjoy it. We go through artifacts. We go through the history of the game. We make this crazy connection, so you're like, "How can this happen?" You know, um, and and we, you know, I'm holding Willie Mays' glove when he made the catch. I, I had to hold R- Roberto Clemente's 3,000. You know, the bat that he gets 3,000 hit with. The ball, the baseball, was there. Babe Ruth's bat. I had it in my hand. I almost walked out of there with it, but I had to, I, I got. I got <laughs> jumped right before I did. No, I'm just joking. But you know it's It's one of those things that I'm like, are you serious? This is awesome. You know, so I was being the fan, uh, like I described myself earlier that that I've never stopped being at the game. I, I love this game,
0: yeah, we love it too. And you know being part of and taking in the moment and not taking anything for granted, it's it's a great it's so great to see that. and and again, you can be a fanboy sometimes. It's okay. We accept it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think it comes through. <laughs> it's authentic. <laughs> yeah i think it comes through you can see it i mean I, I i mean i assume so uh sometimes i'm at the network and i forget that i'm actually like hey wait a second you're you're actually you have to be a, a network analyst like stop being a kid for for a minute i'm like no actually be a kid uh-huh. just make sure no that you- don't stop being a kid <laughs> be a kid and make sure you do your your breakdown but don't stop being a kid absolutely
0: yeah <laughs> can't can't stop won't stop as they say that's right <laughs> And we've talked about your swing a lot, but let's talk about your defense a little bit. We mentioned it off the top that you won a gold glove in 2008. And, you know, you proved your defensive abilities time and time again. And that's usually overlooked as a first baseman. So what was it like to receive those awards and how much pride do you take in your defense?
2: Well, I took a lot of pride in the defense and and, and I remember working on it. You remember, I I was a first baseman from day one right? Like, like that, when when I was 10 years old, I was playing first base. Usually when you're a little league, you play a little outfield, you know, maybe you pitch a little bit. No, I was playing first from when I was 10. Um, And um, one of the things that I I hated was when people said, oh, first baseman, yeah, we'll just throw them out on first base. Like, wait a second, you can't just throw anybody at first base. I'm pretty sure anyone can catch a baseball, but to play first base is a different thing. So that's why I say, yeah, sure. Anyone can be you know, anyone can play first base, but not everyone can be a first baseman, you know, and I, and I had that in my mind. So I wanted to make sure that I, um, you know, I was a first baseman, you know, high, um, caliber, high caliber first baseman. I always took pride in that. And I I did every, I almost thought as the shortstop, you know, and, uh, you know, the guys, you know, my teammates in college would tell you that I would, even take around balls at shortstop trying to, uh, uh, you know, and I'm lefty trying to make sure I got my, my, my feet going, that I got my, my rhythm, um, you know, my range was there. So in essence, I could play short, but I was lefty. So I would be at first base. I always took that, that position to the next level in my mind. Right. And finally, you know, sometimes, you know, back in the day, it was difficult to win a gold glove because, um, and I say back in the day, we go as far as just the 10 years ago, uh, in 2010, yeah. I won the gold glove in 2008. But we didn't have all these defensive stats that we have now um, that, that make it so clear, um, even though some some have some ambiguity where, where you're like, OK, defenses are unsaved. I know there is some subjectivity there. But hey, man, it gives you a clear picture, uh, a clearer picture at least, because it's the sum of all parts as to how good of a defender you are. I won one gold glove. I, I humbly going to tell you guys that I think I should have won a lot more. But, um, you know, I played for Tampa Bay. Maybe my visibility wasn't as good as maybe uh, someone who was in the Yankees or a big big market team. But uh, that's my favorite trophy. That gold glove, number one, is beautiful. But as far as what it means to me, um, it, it, it meant everything. I mean, I used to tell my my uh, infield instructor when I was in the minor leagues, you um, I used to say, Hey, this right here. And I would grab my gold, my, my, my glove up. And I says, this is made out of gold, you know? And I would joke <laughs> with him like that. I'm like, yeah, yes. Yeah, let's go take one balls. Dan. let's go. My like, yeah, guy let's go. That's what I want. Let's go. And put in a lot of work, a lot of repetition, a lot of, uh, um, you know, preparation and, and look, it, it happened. So I took a lot of pride in my defense and right now I have that gold glove trophy, beautiful looking in my house displayed this is one of the, the 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 trophies that i hold uh with with the most pride i, I tell my son it's like hey see that My gold glover i take pride in my defense you want to be a fundamentally sound ball player you have to take pride in your defense you know any kind of smiles and grins you know but yeah it's uh took a lot of pride in defense and and now i think i would be in general more valuable as a player you know even myself i would understand that i was a better player than i thought i was does that even make sense but yeah because of all the the stats that we have now i realized i'm like hey man i actually had a better career than i thought i did uh because of the advanced numbers
1: yeah you're just way ahead of your time oh thank you for saying that yeah
2: i <laughs> i, I and, and and i'm so glad that eventually you know these these things come up to light. you know i had a, I had I had an uh reporter a writer actually reached out to me just a few years a few weeks ago about that because he goes how did how come in 2007 you finished seventh in mvp voting or something like that whatever it was ninth well you should have been at least second (laughs) i'm like really he's like okay go on and write that go on and write that it's like yeah i mean look at these numbers but in in those days we didn't have these advanced statistics even though you know 2007 was such a, an incredible year um but now it's not as easy for for great players to slip through the cracks you know i think uh, if you're a great player um it, it will be it will be shown and, and you will be recognized
1: yeah not to knock on tampa bay at all but it, it is the small market thing that, that does factor into it a little bit but um one thing that did not slip through the cracks. So last night I was in Worcester at a Bravehearts game. They had a double header and somebody on the Westfield Starfires is a pitcher named Carlos Pena as well. And so he uh-huh. came out to the mound in like the eighth inning and, uh, and somebody they were up in the shout out to the Worcester press box. They were up in the press box. Somebody needed the number for, for the stat sheet. And they go, Oh, who's pitching. And someone goes 2009 home run champ, Carlos Pena. <laughs> So that, that year, you know, you, you led the league with 39 bombs. You knocked in hundred runs. How awesome is it to have a home run champ on your resume as well?
2: So that is amazing. Amazing. And, um, and I told you earlier what it meant to me, hitting home runs, what hitting home runs meant to me when I was a young kid. Now think about it. How in the world, you know, this kid that dreamt about um, just, just making it to the major leagues, you know, people say, Oh, you, you hit 286 home runs in the major leagues. Um and, and you know I'm I'm sitting there with at the network with Hall of Famers like Jim Tomey, who's got you know yeah. six hundred home runs whatever it is I can't Crazy. count that high yeah it, it it'll take you it'll take you a while to count up to six whatever six sixty I don't even know six fifty something like that um and uh, and I'm like wait a second you, you need to realize that I dreamt about just putting on a big league uniform I want I, I dreamt about getting a hit let alone hitting 286 home runs, you know. So when I look at uh, now, let alone winning a a, a a home run title. So, yes, my dreams were hefty. Don't get me wrong. But the truth of the matter is, is that I knew that I had to aim as high as possible, uh, understanding that even if I achieved a percentage of what I set out to do, it was going to be huge. You know, it, it's already an amazing accomplishment. But to be able to go beyond that first step and through it and then winning a gold glove or winning a silver slug or going to world series playing for 14 seasons uh uh hitting 286 home runs uh and then also winning a home run title specifically we're talking about this uh, particular case man that that's amazing and that one was very interesting because i was i'll tell you a quick story about that i was crushing i, I went crazy in august i made this um adjustment as far as timing was concerned we're talking about timing the importance of timing I, I felt like I finally got to understand timing um in, in 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 August of 2009 where I was like whoa this is even more important than I thought um and 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 I started crushing everybody guys I, I went off I, I hit like 13 home runs or something in August but in um and I was leading the league like by eight right? The, the guy that was behind me was Teixeira. I had 39 home runs, Teixeira had like maybe 31. So I was well ahead of the home run lead. And then uh, uh, Batia broke my hand. And it was like a devastating moment for me. And it just, okay, I broke my hand, season's over. But it's because I thought I, like, I was going to hit 50 home runs that year. And, um, and my season got cut short. Uh, thankfully, I was able to still hold on to the lead. Uh, even though Teixeira played the rest of the season, he couldn't pass me. So I can still claim the home run uh, uh, championship and, and the home run crown. And I hold that I hold on to that uh, very proudly and, and, and with a lot of gratitude, <laughs> for sure. Damn it, Cece. <laughs> I told him that the other day. I saw him and I'm like, Cece, what? And, uh, and he was so gracious to say, I did not do that on purpose. I'm so <laughs> sorry. And I'm like, no, I, of course I know you didn't do it on purpose. Uh, but uh, what a worthy opponent. So, Sabatia gave me uh, uh, huge headaches when I, when, when I faced him. <laughs> he was tough.
0: Before we get back to our interview with Carlos Pena, we want to share a message from our friends at On Demand Storage. Are you tired of living in clutter? Do you need more space around your home or office? Are you sick of visiting your self-storage unit? Does your business need a way to securely and conveniently store excess materials? On Demand Storage will pick up your items directly from your location and put them in storage for you. When you want something put back, give us a call and we can deliver it back right away. We bring convenience to the outdated self-storage process. Visit ondemandstorage.com and submit an inquiry. During sign-up, mention the Futures League and receive 50% off your storage pickup. Once again, that's ondemandstorage, all one word.com. We now return to our interview with Carlos Pena. So you were quite the journeyman in the MLB, bouncing around from many teams, whether it was Detroit, the Rays, the Rangers, and even the Red Sox briefly. What was it like bouncing around from those different teams and trying to learn new things and adjust to each new environment that you stepped into? Yeah,
2: going around different teams was a uh, was was difficult for me. I mean, um, because I think it's obvious my career and and my life hasn't been linear. So it hasn't been like okay, you work hard, then you get this, then you get that. No, a lot of there were a lot of disappointments, a lot of uh, detours, and, and I love to talk about that because uh, I, I think it sets, um, it, it it gives uh, younger kids uh, a blueprint to, to understand that it doesn't necessarily have to be, the journey doesn't have to be perfect. There's going to be a lot of uh, ups and downs and a lot of times where you may fall, but It's in in that perseverance and and to get back up and and keep going. And and that's why, that's one of the reasons why I went through different teams was because there were lots of setbacks, you know, Um, starting with Oakland, I get traded to Detroit. And then in Detroit, eventually, you know, I struggle, Um, they have a change of plans and now I'm out of the team. Then I have to uh, fight back, basically fight back for another opportunity and I was able to 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 get one by the grace of god you know and, and and play for the red sox think about that for me coming from that area and being able to put on a red sox uniform and hit a walk-off home run in fenway park that one of the most amazing moments of my career by the way uh, i remember running the bases and every single step i i took i would just say thank you thank you thank you and coming around third base when i could see the fans just erupting in 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 you know celebrating because we had won i remember really slowing it down and that 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 jog from third to home and that walk off with the red sox was probably the slowest i would have to go check what the time was but the idea was i was trying to really soak up the moment i'm like do not just breeze through this like take the cheers of the fans in you know take the moment smell I can smell Fenway Park wherever I'm at by the way you know I could sit there and I can smell the hops I could smell the, the the barbecue I could smell the pine tar so I could possibly close my eyes I could be placed in Fenway Park and without you telling me I could say I'm in Fenway Park just because of the smells but that's that's the kind of thing I was telling you earlier about appreciating the moment and, and being grateful but um you know, that, that little stint with the Red Sox was amazing. And then I went on to Tampa Bay, which I had my best years there. Uh, so as you can see a lot of, a, a lot of different, uh, um, you know, detours perhaps, uh, but maybe, uh, I was being at, being at the right place at the right time. And, um, just, just by the grace of God, honestly, cause I never, I never, um, I'm never reluctant to talk about how, miraculous things were in my career how god's hand was always involved i'm like okay how did i get this opportunity yeah i fought for it i positioned myself to 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 be blessed but then eventually the door opens i'm like i'm not sure i had a lot to do with this except the, the fight the everyday fight but um i i, I wouldn't uh you know I, I wouldn't call it a negative thing that i went through all these teams it, it really it was kind of fun you know to be able to say that i played by you know with so many uh ball clubs and let alone like i told you earlier uh at the end of the day the dream is to put on a big league uniform so everything else is gravy um and and i did go beyond that that first threshold um uh, very very much so and had a a, a a career that i am so grateful for so it just made the journey a lot more interesting let's just say that <laughs>
0: Yeah, it may have made it more interesting, but the, that's a great story. And with the Red Sox, you know, if it helps, that we can also close our eyes and smell Fenway Park. <laughs> there you go. See, we, 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 you understand what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, 100%. And if you
1: go there and sit in the sands, you smell like Fenway Park for a week too, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you mentioned it while you were talking about your journeys. You were on those race teams, which were incredibly impressive, including being the AL champions in 2008. And the current race have had m- recent success as well, including – their trip to the World Series last year. What was it like to have the small market raise and other teams in the small and smaller markets doing what they're doing now, whether it's Milwaukee or otherwise?
2: And I love that. I mean, for us, we actually took it uh, as a motiva- motivating factor. You know, uh, we love the fact that that we were the raise. And I, I used to say, hey, the little engine that could. You know, I love that story. Um, and, and it talks about perseverance and it talks about, hey, the David and Goliath story where, hey, it doesn't matter how it looks like. Even my life was like that. I'm like, okay, the more more it looks like, maybe it's not likely to happen that I make it to the major leagues, the more interesting the story becomes. And I am the main character of this story. Um, You know, so how cool would it be? Like, if I'm watching my own movie, hey, fine, Carlos doesn't have a chance to make it. Great. This is a great storyline. Let's go make it happen. You know, that type of motivation was, what drove me so when i got to the race you know and they're like oh the small market team you know the worst team in baseball you know they haven't had a winning season in in so many years um actually in the history of the franchise before i got there they have never won above 60 games so they have never had a winning season and it was a young franchise but it had already been 10 years a decade without winning Um, uh, without having a winning season so uh how cool was it that in 2008 we go to not only do we go past that uh, 60 game you know win 60 win mark but we go all the way to the 90s uh, 90 some wins and we go to the world series that year that, that that's amazing i feel very much like i was part of of that ball club a very important part of setting forth the culture of the team that the team has right now that winning culture that the that, that, that set the standard uh, for excellence and i speak of that with, with a lot of pride because uh, I, I was very intentional about that when I was there uh, so uh to be to to see that the race have so much success since then it I, I certainly can say with confidence that w- that I'm part of that foundation you know uh and and we really set the standard for excellence and I was part of that um so so I love to see and as a matter of fact I think these teams, Take that as a motivating factor. It's like, how can I win with a smaller market and defeat those big market teams? It's, it's, it's fun to do that, you know, because you're like, okay, how, how, how is this happening? It's like, well, we know something you don't know, or we have something you don't have. And it's an intangible, you know, uh, so it's not something that you can go out there and necessarily buy, you know, how cool is that? That sounds familiar to me. That's the kind of story that I live. Uh, you know throughout my entire life so um so pretty cool man it's really cool to see the tampa bay Rays. really awesome uh, to see him have success and knowing that i was uh, part of that uh, igniting spark uh, as far as the franchise is concerned
1: definitely a spark so let's rewind like around a decade before that if we can before we uh before we move on to our last segment you played college ball at Northeastern. You're a Husky, along with our boss Joe Palucci. Anything funny you can tell us about Joe from college? Uh,
2: Palucci, he he was amazing, man. Uh, number one, and an, a great teammate. And and he is slightly older than I am, so uh, you know how it is, man. Seniority, uh, it, it's a real thing. So we we all respected Joe. Uh, it, it was a. Uh, um, amazing how he set the example, you know, as far as work ethic is concerned, it's like this, like if, if, if Joe hasn't quit yet working, then I'm a sophomore, man. What, what do you mean? The practice is over. If Joe Pellucci is over there, you know, still, you know, catching a bullpen or, you know, running laps, don't dare quitting. Like, unless he gets off the field, no one gets off the field. So th- that leadership, uh, that, that he displayed, and I, I've told them this, I, I always admired that, you know, always admired that. So if I thought, I was like, okay, you, you think you wanna be the, the the hardest worker in the world, right? Like he, in, in my mind, I'm like thinking when I was in Northeastern, okay, you, you wanna make sure that no one in the world is working harder than than you, right, than me. That's one of my, that was one of my goals, like, okay, There's no one as crazy as me waking up at 5 a.m. working out or leaving that early or going to the gym before they even went to the breakfast hall or whatever, you know, before they went to the first class. Who does that? You're going to be crazy. Well, the one guy had to make sure that I that I never let him like, you know, you know, make sure you follow Joe Pelosi. If you do that, you're going to be fine Um, because then you are assuring yourself that no one's working harder than you. So that's that type of leadership is. One that I, where I truly valued, and, and I've told him that um, that it, that it helped me, uh, it, it meant a lot to me, and it set some, you know, set a model to follow because that's that's the one thing he did is just work ethic um, to the max, um, and um, I, I, it's something that I really appreciated and I learned from, and I took that to this day, you know. Um, you know who who's going to work harder than you? You want something, okay? Make sure that that you work harder than anybody else on the field, and and that way you you check that off of, of the page. You say, okay, I know I'm doing everything I can. Well, Joe Pelucci used to be that way, and uh, he and I knew. You know, my dad told me he's like, you know, make sure you find wherever you're at, and and this and and I close with this with Joe, every, wherever you're at, make sure you find the hardest worker. And this is a this is a, a great advice if you're in the team find the hardest worker and now or f- uh, the, the the best runner you know whatever it may be or, or the best weight or whatever it is and then what you're going to try to do is try to hang with him and do everything you can to see if you can actually be better than him so can you work harder than joe pelucci if that is your 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 goal while you are in northeastern university you're going to be just fine you understand so that was great advice from my dad and joe was that guy It's like okay who are you going to try to eclipse like who are you going to try to be work harder than okay work harder than joe pelucci you're going to be just fine (laughs) that's that's basically what i'm trying to tell you and to this day is part of my mentality i'm like you want to be the you know a better analyst Uh, you want to get better well who is the hardest worker in this whole entire building okay you recognize him okay now follow him and see how you can even work harder than him or, you know, learn from him. And that's what I did with Joe uh, when I was in artist. Yeah.
1: It's so important to have those great example setters and tone setters. And we obviously saw what it can lead to with your career. Uh, Someone else's career that was pretty good. Just a few weeks ago, you literally met your hero, George Bell, as you put on your socials. He was the first Dominican Republic native to win the MLB MVP. What does he mean to you? Well, I mean, I I just thought that, uh, you
2: know, his swing, his ability to to hit home
1: runs, go black at the
2: left and right, you know, MVP in 87 um, and and the way the the fans used to go crazy when he did so, that was what really got me. You know, I'm like, I want to do that. That that looks like it's so cool. You know, like right now, George Bell is the coolest guy on the planet. He just, you know, he had just hit a home run and, and the people were screaming fans were going nuts. And I think it was a walk-off. And I'm like, I want to do that. And and that was the first time, you know, my parents tell me that I said that I wanted to be a major league baseball player. So after that, you know, you see he retires, you know, he puts up incredible, uh, he has an incredible career, great numbers, MVP first ever uh, from the Dominican Republic. Um, and, and I'm from the Dominican Republic. So So he was my favorite player and and the reason why I wanted to be a Major League Baseball player. So crazy, i never met him before, you know, in all this time, you know, maybe we crossed paths here and there, but we never got to meet. And for me to actually sit there and have a conversation with him, I was like, this is so real, I mean, think about it. As a kid, I'm sitting at home, he's miles, miles, miles away, you know, and I'm watching him on television. And I'm dreaming about doing what he's doing. And then we fast forward maybe 30 years later or more. And here I am sitting in an old uh, stadium in San Pedro de Macoris, in Dominican Republic. And here comes George Bell, and he's sitting with me talking. And I-, I thought, you know, talk about dreams coming true, right? And and how things go full circle. I- I'm sitting there, sitting with with my childhood hero. Uh, And the very reason why I wanted to play baseball, um, George Bell, he inspired me. Remember we talked about respecting those who came before us? Well, this is the perfect example. And I make sure I let him know that. And what a gentleman he was. You know, I I said something about, hey, people say never meet your heroes. you might be disappointed. You know, uh, there's there's a famous saying. I was like, man, I'm glad I met mine. You know, he was amazing. Just a, a, a true gift. And it gave me kind of like a closest, a little bit a closest the loop because now I'm friends with George Bell. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's, that's nuts. You know what I mean? I, I used to dream about doing what he does. And now he, I can call him my friend. That's amazing to me.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like talk about always staying a kid and being a kid. Like I met Pedro last week and I, I have his hall of fame plaque up right behind me, the mini one from, from the number retirement ceremony I went to. It's, it's fun to just be a kid. And it's, it's, it was such an honor meeting Pedro. And I can't imagine you meeting George Bell, you know, the, the connections you have to him and you finally got to, got to talk to him. Oh, I, I recognize the, the importance of the moment and, and I made sure
2: I, I, I went down. The I crushed it I mean, like, <laughs> crush out. Oh yeah, man. I, I really took advantage of the moment and, uh, and I was present and I was there and I, I made sure I told him how, How uh, how much I appreciated him, and he is such a cool guy, man. Just smooth as when he played, amazing.
0: (laughs) Yeah, meeting your childhood hero is something for sure that you'll never forget. And you know, he had a lot of pride in it, and you take a lot of pride in being from the Dominican Republic. You've said it many times during this interview. How important is it to stay true to your roots? And and you know, what is it like having so much pride in your country, like so many of your colleagues and players around baseball do for theirs?
2: I think that, that that is extremely important. I mean, like, we have to remember our roots, you know, and we're talking about, uh, we talked here in this, uh, in this uh, time that we've been together about the importance of understanding your past and respecting those who came before us. Um, it's, a, it's a, it's a huge deal. Um, we cannot yeah, we cannot just totally forget about where we come from. So that's why the Dominican Republic to me, and, and I think it's so interesting. My story, um, and and my 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 life's book, you know, and, and that's the way I, I talk to my kids because I'm like, you know, every single day you go out there, it's you you're writing another page of of your of your book, you know. And is your book worth reading? We cannot have a life without any 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 seasoning. So let's go, let's fight today. Let's let's make it interesting. You know, kind of tra- trying to motivate my my kids to 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 be the best they could be, right? Being born in the Dominican Republic and and seeing the entire trajectory and 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 me right now I'm actually in Dominican Republic. My wife is from Dominican Republic. This is a beautiful, beautiful place. And and uh with with amazing, colorful and 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 heart. You know wholehearted people it's like a wholehearted um island and we love it we absolutely love it and uh i think it's so important to always make sure that you remember your roots not only remember your roots but actually interact with it you know it's a, so this is not a distant past for me this is my life i'm here right now i'm um uh, truly truly uh dominican and very proud uh, to be um, from the Dominican Republic and I, I love to share my culture and, and my country with everyone I encounter. So I appreciate you noticing that about me. Uh, that means I'm doing something right.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. And it's great to hear, you know, so many stories from around baseball about pride in one's country. So that's awesome that, you know, you exhibit that every day, as you said. And we now move on to our final segment here on Back to the Futures. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League, Zephyr high-quality and innovative design since 1993. So, Carlos, we got a couple more questions for our audience to get to know you better. Is that cool? (laughs) All right, all right. All right, let's do it. First one, toughest one, favorite baseball teammate that you've ever played with? Wow, that's that's
2: so tough. You said it, toughest one. Um, And I have to pick one? You
0: can say as many as you want.
2: No, oh, man. No, no, I am going forget a bunch. But, you know, Johnny Gomes, uh, I'm going to go to that 2017 just because it'll be easy to, like, zero in there on the 2017. But, I mean, if we go all the way back to college, I could name you uh, some as well. But in 2017, Cole Crawford and, and Johnny Gomes were amazing. Uh, um, you know, Reyes there, uh, Grant Balfour. <laughs> this is the toughest question i don't even know why you asked me this joe pelucci back in college like i just mentioned right now tim daly you know kevin kim uh hernan guerrero i mean uh, it doesn't stop you know uh, todd caution um it's 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 nuts i mean i i i, I know i'm forgetting some. just trying to go over the top of my chest over the top of my head and you put me
0: on the spot i can't believe you did that <laughs> if it helps you're not the only one that gets this question so <laughs> <laughs> We stump everybody right away.
2: Yeah, you got me that. You got me. I'm going to get a few calls later on today. You didn't say my name, man. That's
0: messed up. <laughs> and then how about favorite ballpark you've played in and one that you've attended as a fan? Favorite ballpark? Yes.
2: To Fenway Park, man. That place, Fenway Park, it's my favorite you know, stadium in the major leagues. Um, and the, the the it was so much fun going watching games there. I, I know how to sneak into Fenway. Still do. If you need to do so, please give me a call. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, Fenway Park, man, special place. And uh, there's there's one place in the Cape, um, and and I'm trying to trying to remember exactly what the name of it was. It was where the the Cardinals played in the Cape. Um, oh, in Orleans. That, in Orleans, man, I don't know what it was about that park, but I absolutely used to love playing there, love playing there, like I could almost transport myself to that baseball field, maybe because I hit well in that park, I don't know, but no, there was something special about that, that place.
1: Yeah, Orleans, it's it's cool, it has, the, it has the hill that the fans sit on, Owen and I, uh, we went to Hingham High School, we played a home and home with at regional high, who plays there, and uh, we actually lost on a walk off. Suicide squeeze, but it was still a lot of fun to play there. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> and that's great to have two Massachusetts ballparks on there for favorite ballparks. And we will be asking you off air about that sneak in for Red Sox games. You can guarantee. Hey, you know,
2: that. i some think you know, who was really an awesome teammate going back? I, know, I don't know if I can do that. Anthony Falco. Anthony Falco, uh, 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 also a teammate of mine in in, in uh, Nordic University. Um one of my 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 best buddies still to this day, but
0: um see, I knew I was gonna forget someone important. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, Biggie, you're you're allowed to go back on quick quick hits. Okay, okay, that's okay. so that's fine. <laughs> so much for the quick rapid fire. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then, how about sports stadium or sporting event that's on your bucket list? Oh, <laughs> I need to go.
2: I, I really want to go to Super Bowl, man. I I you know what's crazy. My, my sons are crazy about football, and, and I love football m- myself. But remember, I came from the Dominican Republic. Football is not a, a, a huge sport here. I mean, it's it's barely played, maybe, you know, here and there. Certainly not organized. Maybe kids on the street may do it, but highly doubt it, right? Uh, I get to the States. I'm already, you know, 15 years old, and I'm already playing baseball. So I, I And the football team was there, but I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to focus on baseball looking back i wish i would have tried out for the football team that would have been it looks like so much fun my kids want to do it they, they play flag football they they want to go into uh tackle football so yeah i would like to go to the to the super bowl and i want to go to the to, to, to west stadium green bay man. It, it's so cool like i have fallen in love with american football you know with with, with and you know it's it's so much fun. I mean, like, I'm actually looking for a flag football league to play in. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we'd like to see Placata
0: on the football field for sure. Oh,
2: you can go Placata on the football field. Every single time you tackle somebody or you sack a quarterback, you can go over and, and stand on top of them and go Placata. <laughs>
0: yeah. 100%. And then how about favorite big league team either growing up or that you played with and then a favorite big league player whether it's current or historical
2: wow okay again i have many i would say uh favorite uh team for some reason the indians i never played for the indians but i used to uh, love their uniforms and and one of the funniest movies even though it's a little little crazy at times is major league major league uh, I, I think it's hilarious, and they, they were the Indians. So I remember growing up watching that movie, and it was great. So I'm like, oh, the Indians, you know, and then I would, you know, that team of when Manny Ramirez was part of that ball club and you had Jim Tomey and you know, Kenny Lofton. I used to be a huge fan of our ball club. So I always thought about Cleveland, you know, the the, the Indians. And then when I actually played against them, that stadium, Jacobs Field, was my favorite to hit in as well. I used to crush in that place, especially when I was with Detroit and I played the Indians a lot. I hit a lot of home runs in um, um, not sure what it's called now, but it used to be called Jacobs Field <laughs> when I when I played when I played there. So I would say the Indians, Jacobs Field. Favorite player, it's it's got to be David Ortiz. I mean, and this is crazy because now that that you know, because I can go back and tell you when I was a kid, you know, okay. George Bell. Yes. Ken Griffey Jr. Yes. Amazing. Right. But even while I played, who was I a huge fan of David Ortiz, man. I mean, that, that, that that, he has to be my favorite hitter of all time. And, and the way he did it, the way he went about his business, the charisma, um, the clutch hits, he, he is impressive. And the way he retired, uh, you know, at the end of his career, still on top, um, having a monster season and then saying, okay, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm going to walk away after absolutely crushing i'm like okay you 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 are you're stuck <laughs> you know <laughs> so uh david ortiz favorite player
0: yeah the greatest clutch has, hitter in red sox history makes sense maybe baseball there, history there you go <laughs> and growing up was there someone in particular that you modeled your game after
2: yeah it it, has, it was uh, king griffith jr
0: you know what's so
2: cool and and and, and joe pelucci could tell you this. So King Griffey Jr. used to be my, my favorite player when I was in college, and I, I would try to emulate him. You know, I would try to emulate him. So when I was doing Hall of Fame connections, and I was uh, working on this uh, project with the Hall of Fame, I was there at the hall, and one of the curators came up to me. Hey, Carlos, check this out. And He brings out a 1996, 1997 scouting report card from a scout that had filled it out with his handwriting, right? And it talks about everything. It's like speed, you know, and they say something, okay, pretty good, slightly above average, you know, arm, you know, slightly above average, power, you know, projected to, to hit for power, you know, in the gap, blah, 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 everything. It, it, it was amazing. I was a, a, I was astonished that that they had the Hall of Fame. And then in the bottom, it said, or somewhere in, the, in, in towards the bottom, it said, player, who he reminds you of and the scout wrote Ken Griffey Jr and I thought it was the funniest thing ever I'm like oh my goodness like this is amazing I try to emulate him and this scout saw that I try to do everything like him but for him to actually say because you can emulate whoever you want but for him to actually say that I actually reminded him of Ken Griffey Jr and I'm pretty sure he was talking about my swing maybe not necessarily my speed or you know my, my outfield prowess but um, I was that really brought a grin to my face. That was really cool. It was really cool to see that. So I would say, uh, King Griffey Jr. was that guy that I emulated, and I guess I actually did a pretty good job at doing so. So the scout wrote that I reminded him of, of King Griffey Jr. So I guess I'm a pretty
1: good imitator. <laughs> so that's something you just learned, like when you're working on the new project.
2: Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that I even existed. And they that's gave crazy. Me, all these years they, later. Yeah, they made like a little, like a beautiful present presentation of a. You know, nicely, you know, way, well um, presented frame with my scouting report when I was in college. That's amazing to me. That was so cool. And uh, you know what the coolest part of that report was? That at the bottom it said family. Right, and it says you know my mom, my dad, my brothers. It was like extremely supportive family. You know, they all support his dreams and 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 motivate motivate him to push on forward something like that and I was like wow like even that is in the scouting report and that's another thing I'm very grateful for the family and the support system that I've always had you know
1: it's a gift yeah something that's awesome that doesn't go unnoticed so what was playing through Tropicana or whatever MLB ballpark you were at at the time Uh, what was the walk-up music for for you when you you were coming up to the plate
2: when I was in the major leagues, it was Juan Luis Guerra. You know, we're talking about being uh, the, the, being in the, from the Dominican Republic. Juan Luis Guerra, you look him up, he is our number one artist. And he is a, a true poet, an amazing international artist, you know, loved throughout the world. So look him up, he, he plays Merengue. So my walk-up music was um, usually one of his songs. And the one that I picked, um, it's Nada imposible, which means nothing is impossible, and and and, and he sings uh, this this beautiful song which says that for God nothing is impossible. So look him up on Luis Guerra. That was my walk-up song, and the one the one I identify myself with. And and sure enough, you know, with with my story and and my life, uh, like I told you earlier, I don't I don't hesitate to tell you that the hand of God has been leading the way the whole entire uh, time
1: yeah it's, it's so great when those songs mean something you really get to know a person that way you also get to know a person if you're superstitious can you walk us through any superstitions you had
2: you know i i wasn't particularly superstitious but this is the thing um and we laugh off laugh it off all the time because like no i'm not superstitious no but if i get you know if i go three for four you know i don't know it doesn't hurt just to to maybe wear the same socks, you know, like why not? You know, I'm like, what, what, what happens if you have like a big week? What are you gonna be wearing like the same socks for, <laughs> for a week without washing them? And I'm like, uh, maybe, maybe go like three days, two days, you know, like you would try to like push it. This is hilarious, but uh, I mean, it would come to a point where it would just be unbearable. I'm like, bro, wash
1: your socks, like seriously like you can't do this yeah like but, october uh, 2008 you have the same socks the whole time
2: you know what i'm saying like what about you know yeah i wore them for, for 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 i certainly wore them through the alcs for sure and then i washed them uh, before the world series and, and kind of my back went cold man <laughs> <laughs> that's unfortunate to hear um <laughs> you're like man maybe i should have kept the, the same socks you know so uh so no, not particularly superstitious, but occasionally I would do exactly what you just explained. You know, you, you 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 had a big game, maybe you just kind of take off your socks and put them on the side, <laughs> just in case. <laughs>
1: All right. So when you're attending a game as a fan, what's your favorite food or beverage when you're at a ballpark? And you can list, you know, any ballpark in particular, or uh, or just your favorite go-to. Favorite beverage, man. I
2: just I I, I would I would like just some some soda. When I, when I go to ballpark, if I can have a hot dog or a pizza, and just some soda, you know, whether it's a regular Coke, you know, which I don't drink much of nowadays, um, because I'm trying to like uh, watch uh, my uh, nutrition, right? But uh, but yeah, just like the, the the old have a burger, or a pizza, or a hot dog with soda, like with a Coke or something, man, that's okay. Not, not Now we're talking. So that's like really ballpark food, right? Or or, or Sandlot
1: baseball barbecue type food. Um, so that's what I would go for. Yeah, we, we hot dogs are certainly a common answer here. And last question of our Quick Hits segment presented by Zephyr. What's your favorite all-time baseball memory? Wow, okay. Um, I have to say that the
2: Dustin A team, when we won, um, to go to the World Series and we beat the Red Sox on game seven. That's, I don't think that's the most fun I've ever had playing baseball. If you could imagine, I would never, I, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that being in major leagues, you know, that would be uh, one of the most fun times. Um, that that just tells you because, you know, everything's so businesslike and it's tough and it's difficult. But um, winning, going to the World Series after defeating the Red Sox, it truly felt like I was a little leaguer. And you know when Akinori Wamura stepped on second base, that's he so got like a short hop and ended the game, bro. Like I, I almost, man, I, I, I went blank. I was, I was ten years old again, you know, and I really, really, I was invested emotionally into that ball club. I, I truly felt that that was a family, and that that's why we were so good, was because we were playing as a family, you know, like. A bunch of uh young kids a bunch of kids playing baseball playing the game we love on a team that no one expected to do so and then we go and defeat the goliath you know um and and go to the world series the most unlikely of stories i'm so happy i was part of it
0: yeah again that's an incredible memory and you, i mean you got to go with the team that went to the world series that just seems like the natural pick for for favorite baseball memory for sure <laughs> well it's the truth you know yeah of course of course. Well, Carlos, it has been our pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Best of luck with everything. And everyone, once again, be sure to tune into the Futures League All-Star Game festivities Monday, July 12th and Tuesday, July 13th. Carlos, thank you so much again. Thank you
2: guys for having me. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Thank you so much. It was great to meet you. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the, your time in the DR. Thank you, guys. You take care. Have fun this summer. Continue to have fun. Absolutely. We'll go out this summer. Yes, sir. Yes, we will.
0: <laughs> And this has been episode 19 of season three of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon.